0: And amen. Somebody give the Lord a praise in this place. Our scripture this afternoon is coming from Luke chapter 6, verses 43 through 45. Luke chapter 6, verses 43 through 45. It reads from the New King James Version of the Bible like this. For a good tree does not bear bad fruit, nor does a bad tree bear good fruit. For every tree is known by its fruit. For men do not gather figs from thorns, nor do they gather grapes from bramble bush. A good man out of the treasure of his heart brings forth good. And an evil man, out of the evil treasure of his heart, brings forth evil. For out of the abundance of the heart, his mouth speaks. Out of the abundance of his heart, his mouth speaks. Have you all ever heard of the game on Facebook called Farmville? Anybody ever played that? For a brief time in my life, I spent way too much time on Farmville. I didn't even know what it was, and my girlfriend said, "Girl, you gotta do this. You can plant things, and they'll and and you have crops, and people can. Um, it, it's all virtual. So on the computer, you click a brown piece of thing, and then it's plowed, and then you put seeds in it, and things sprout up, and." Then other players can come and harvest your stuff, and then you sell it at the store and make money, and then you can buy all kinds of little things and make your farm look all cute, and, and people grow their name, and strawberries, and do all kind of stuff on Farmville. And I noticed one day I was somewhere. I looked at my watch, and I said, oh, I have to get home. And my husband's like, why? I said, my grapes are about to harvest. And then I realized that I had gone too far. <laughs> so then I, I blocked every I blocked everything. so he, don't invite me to farm nothing cafe, I'm not the sorority, anything I block everything. And I decided that I if I wanted to farm, I wanted to make a garden. So shortly after that, I began to plant a garden. this is on the screen that' shows some of the uh, plants. Just about a year, I um, began planting this garden. There's, it was a very small garden, not a whole lot. We had a landscaper come in and put new dirt in there. You guys could show the other two pictures, uh, just the, the decent ones. That's, that's when my, one of my sh- uh, tomatoes just started. Uh, and then I think it's one more that has like, um, oh, so this is what the garden looked like right here. That's You can stop right there. And so, um, you know, we had new dirt. We had little plants in there. And I promise you, I had, you know, done little things, but I never, ever, ever once bought a weed seed. I never planted weeds. I never, ever meant for them to be in my garden. I mean, I spent good money. Did I tell you I had them bring in new soil? I didn't want that old Weedy soil, the landscaper brought in new soil, supposed to be weed-free. I bought organic um, fertilizer and all kind of different things so that my garden could be nice. However, I found that though you have the best intentions, and though you never plant weeds and expect for bad things to grow up in your yard, Part of the reason I was late for church is I was taking a picture of my garden. Would you all show what my garden looked like this morning? It's the after. Do you all not have that? Okay, that's okay. It's probably better that they don't see it. Well, anyway, suffice it to say, and I'm sure it may pop up, like, while I'm saying something else. Yeah, that, that's my garden today. You guys can't see that? It's probably best that you don't. Now, to my credit, my kids did a lot of the, like, the water bottles and stuff. They were trying to water mommy's things on yesterday, and they were digging in it and stuff. And so, um, and this is after I took quite a bit of the weeds out. Now, you all are looking and laughing at me, feeling sorry for me, and all of this kind of stuff. And guess what? If it can happen to me... It can happen to you. And if it can happen to our yards, I stop by to tell you it can happen to your heart. That's what we're talking about today. The Bible says that out of the heart, the mouth speaks. And, and Jesus was by a group of people who were real health conscious. They didn't eat different things and um they had a strict they would never eat pork or shrimp or oysters they would never um allow all kinds of different nasty things to get into them and they thought that they were doing good and they were but in Matthew chapter 15 Jesus uh lets them know that a lot of times we get defiled Not by the things we put in our mouths, but the things that come in our hearts. Verse uh, 18 and 19. And sorry, guys, this wasn't on the list. Verse 18 and 19, it says, but those things which proceed out of the mouth come from the heart and they defile a man. For out of the heart proceed. Now, what kind of weeds are in the heart? The Bible says evil thoughts, murders, adulteries, fornications, thefts, false witnesses, blasphemies. These are the things which defile a man. But to eat with unwashed hands does not defile a man. Have you ever seen weeds in your life? Have you ever gotten to a point in your life and wonder, how did I get here? How did this thing grow up? How is this thing choking me like this? I never planted this kind of seed. I mean, you had the best intentions. God came in and washed all that stuff away, brought in a new heart, planted new beautiful weeds, kind, uh, new beautiful plants, the kind you're not ashamed to show in church. But somehow... If left to his own devices, you begin to see things that you don't remember planting. Thoughts come up. Urges start to well up. Actions begin to uh, uh, come from you. Words flow out of your mouth. And then you have to catch yourself like, where did that come from? I know some parents in here. Have you ever uh, uh, seen your children do something? And then people around you are like, Ooh, Well, maybe they only do that to pastor's kids. Like, ooh, look at the pastor's kid. Where they get that from? And I'm sitting there thinking, I know I never planted that seed. I don't know where those weeds came from. We blame it on daycare. We blame it on on their bad kids. We blame it on something, but some kind of way we see weeds that we did not plant. There is an active force in our world of decay and depravity, of death and destruction. And if you don't actively tend your heart and soul, all kinds of weeds will take over. Did you all see my yard? I never planted anything bad in there. I only planted good stuff. I bought fertilizer and things. But if you don't actively tend to that thing, then weeds will automatically take over. Edmund Burke uh, and Martin Luther King said that all that is needed for evil to triumph is for good men to do nothing. Y'all didn't hear what I said. Because, see, a lot of times we think that, well, I'm not out at the club, and I'm not out doing this, and I'm not out doing that, and I come to church, every week so we think that since we've stopped doing a lot of bad stuff that good stuff will automatically grow let my garden remind you that that is not the case let our kids and ourselves as we were telling the truth remind us that that is not always the case and many times it's not about action but rather inaction that allows weeds to flourish in our lives. Turn to Matthew chapter 12, verses 43 through 45. Matthew chapter 12, verses 43 through 45. It says, when an unclean spirit goes out of a man, he goes through dry places seeking rest and finds none. So this is a person who was filled with devils, decay, death, and the evil spirit goes out of him. Yes? You all with me? Next verse. Then he says, I will return to my house from which I came. When he comes, he finds it empty, swept, and put in order. So uh, we then kicked the devil out, and we've cleaned up our lives. But the Bible says when that demon comes back, he finds it empty. The house is empty. They got out all of the weeds, but did not actively fill their life with something else. So verse 45 says, then he goes and takes with him seven other spirits more wicked than himself. And they enter and dwell there. And the last state of that man is worse than the first. So shall it also be with this wicked generation. And so here we have this terrible story, not really about action, but about inaction because they decided not to actively tend to their souls they decided not to actively tend to their hearts the enemy was able to creep back in proverbs chapter 4 verse 23 tells us that tending to our heart Guarding our heart is one of our most important tasks. That verse says, especially in the New International Version, it says, above all else, guard your heart for everything you do flows from it. The Bible says, above all else, guard your heart For everything you do flows from it. So you can't give these brothers your heart. You can't give these sisters your heart. The Bible says guard that thing. Because everything you do flows from it. We have got to guard the avenues to our soul. That means you've got to guard the pathways to your heart. That means that you have got to watch the things that come to you. Because a lot of times, seeds are sown in our lives that we didn't plant, but we allowed to be planted. Just being in life, just walking the streets, just standing by the water cooler at work, Just turning on the TV, just bobbing to your favorite jam. Did you know that music passes the intellect and becomes a part of your consciousness? Did you all know that? Like a good neighbor. Now raise your hand if you ever sat down and tried to learn the State Farm commercial. Give me a break. Give me a break. Break me up. I mean, even stupid sauce. Woo, 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 who let the Now you know that's just straight crazy foolishness. And we all know it. And none of us sat down and tried to get it into our head. Now, if I said it nor that man servant nor that man servant. Amen. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Now some of you drew a blank. So now listen. A lot of times, music doesn't ask for your permission. Have you ever heard a song on the radio? A song that you particularly hate, by the way, and then you walk in an hour later and you singing it, it's stuck in your head? Music does not ask your permission to live in your head. It does not ask your permission. It doesn't care about your values. If you expose yourself to it, it plans to see. And you'll be singing about you and Mrs. Jones. (laughs) And y'all, without even thinking about it, good godly men and women of God singing about Mrs. Jones. We have got to guard... The avenues of our soul, especially things we listen to, because it doesn't stop by the Bible. It doesn't stop by your Sabbath school lesson. It doesn't stop by all your values. It gets into your head. And if you say, oh, Pastor, I just listen to it because I like the beat. And you, they saying all kind of crazy stuff, guess what? That is being planted in your life. Now, I'm not gonna tell on myself, but I know people who get cussed out faster after said people watch movies with cussing in it. It's the truth. We have got to guard. See, there's different things that just take place in life in general that bring weeds into our heart and soul. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 18, it says, but we all with unveiled face beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as by the Spirit of the Lord. What this verse is saying, that as we behold something, we become transformed into the same image. Did you, all, did you all see that? Now, it works if we're beholding the glory of the Lord. But if we're beholding desperate housewives, the Bible says that we are being transformed into the same image. You all have heard that thing, uh, by beholding, you become changed. I'm, I'm trying to let you know how different weeds get into your life, and we don't know how that stuff got there. Like, oh. By beholding, we become changed. Now, listen, become changed, that is passive. Do you all know what passive means? It's a little English lesson that means it's not something you do, but it's done to you. So by you behold, and somehow you become changed. It's not something that you are necessarily controlling, but there is a force at work. And so we've got to guard the avenues of our soul. We've got to guard the things David said in Psalm 101 verse 3, I will set nothing wicked before my eyes. He understood that. Job chapter 31 verse 1, he said that he made a covenant with his eyes not to look lustfully on a young woman. Some of us need to make covenants with our eyes. Some of us need to make covenants with our ears. Some of us, need, all of us need to make covenants because we have got to guard the avenues of our soul because we got all kind of weeds all up in here and they easily come out there. And the thing about it is these weeds They're seeds that we plant all day long. We feed and we nurture our flesh. Just think about it. Saturday night, we're going to want to go see a movie, right? The movie will be as long as church. So right now, flesh and, and spirit are neck and neck. Two hours church, two hours movie, okay? But then what happened on Sunday? Oh, that's my jam. Then you be hanging with your friends, and you be doing all of this and all of that. And God forbid we go to work on Monday, even if you didn't have a crazy weekend, you do listen to all your friends who did. And so now yeah, that flesh count is like here, and that spirit is still here. But let's say you studied your Sabbath school lesson for like 15 whole minutes. And then on, on, on Tuesday, I mean, then you come home and you watch the news, and then you watch your show, and then you watch, you know, all kind of this stuff. On Tuesday, you wake up and you pray and study your Sabbath school lesson for like 30 minutes. And then you do all of that same stuff again at work. And then Wednesday, you are a good Christian and you come to prayer meeting. For one whole hour in addition. So you spent two hours. An hour here for prayer meeting and an hour in devotion in Sabbath school. So your spirit is here, but your flesh is way, way above my hand. And it goes like that every day on it or until Saturday where you get your two hours. But you count like when the sun goes set, when the sun goes set. So you can get your four hours. Now, we feed our flesh and starving our spirit and wondering why we don't have spiritual power, wondering why we're living defeated, deflated, depleted lives. The Bible tells us guard your heart from all this foolishness. Guard your heart. Imagine how. Weak and decrepit and just nasty, you would look if you only ate on Saturdays, around noon, once a week. Do you think that you would be able to fight a roaring lion that's seeking to devour you? Do you think that you would be able to stand against the wiles of the devil? And see, a lot of times we live these defeated lives and we think that it's God that's not powerful. God has all power. And he says, come unto me, all ye that labor, I will give you rest. Learn of me. He continues to call us, come, let us reason together. Though your sins be like scarlet, I will make them pure as snow. Remember when the Well, maybe y'all sing it too, but I just remember my grandmother, my great-great-grandmother talking about coming to the garden alone while the dew was still on the roses, where he would walk with me and talk with me and tell me I am his own. Listen, this is, if you got to figure out, well, what does she talk about today? If you want a different harvest, you've got to plant a different seed. Did you all hear what I said? So if you're looking at your life and you're tired of all the weeds and all of the things that you see, because the Bible declares from Genesis chapter 1 that seeds bear after their own kind. That means that if you plant an apple seed, you will get an apple. If you plant lemons... No matter how much you wanted watermelons, you're going to get sour lemons. The verse we read at the very beginning says that you can't have plant thorns and pray for figs. You can't have brambles, decree, declare, plead, fast, and pray for grapes. Because the Bible says that we, a seed grows after its own kind. So when we begin to sow a different kind of seed, we will see a different kind of harvest. So what kind of seed can we sow in our lives? So glad you asked. Turn to Luke chapter 8, verse 11. The Bible says, now. The parable is this. The seed is what? The seed is what? So what do we need to sow in our lives? Oh, you guys got to say it like y'all were saying that commercial. What do we need to sow in our lives? Amen. We need to sow the word of God. Because when we sow the Word of God, the Bible says that it prospers and it accomplishes the thing for which it was sent. The Bible says that the Word of God has great power. So we can see great power in our lives as we have the Word of God in our life. Now, one way to do this, and I hope you all are listening this is a practicum. I want you all to do the things that I'm talking about. Speaking of which, this is totally unrelated. Ezekiel, I got to see if I could find it. The Lord gave me this verse this week. Totally random. Kind of like now. And he, Okay. Ah, look at the Lord. So, Ezekiel chapter 33 verse 30. This is completely unrelated. This is a commercial break. It says, "As for you, son of man, the children of your people are talking about you." This is what the Lord told me this week. About talking about you beside the walls and in the doors of the houses, and they speak to one another, everyone saying to his brother, please come and hear what the word is that comes from the Lord. Everybody's excited, sharing DVDs and CDs and stuff, just excited about the word of the Lord in this place. So they come to you as people do. They sit before you as my people, and they hear your words, but they do not do them. For with their mouth they show much love, but their hearts pursue their own gain. Indeed, you are to them as a very lovely song of one who has pleasant voice and can play well on an instrument, for they hear your words, but they do not do them. Now that kind of hurt my heart, because it's a lot to get up here and talk about things and try to make it come into a way that will excite us enough to see the power in God's word and to actually do it. God has not called us to be hearers of the word only, but be doers. And imagine the day that we begin to take God at his word and begin to do his word. And be filled with his Holy Ghost so that we will see the power that is in his word in our lives. And then we won't even believe in miracles anymore. It will be a normal part of our lives. We won't flip out when people get healed because we see it every day. Because we know that the power of God resides in his word and he will bless and heal his people. We will not get all, you know really, really excited. I mean, we will always be excited and praise God. But when we begin to see God do his promises every single day, and it'll happen when we start doing his word, we've got to sow his word and allow it to be a part of our lives. Jumping back to the, to the sermon. So this is what has to happen though. Because the Bible says that as we believe, therefore we speak. That's 2 Corinthians 4.13. As you believe, that's what you speak. So whatever you believe, that's what you say. Now, I mean, you can quote a scripture, but when you're talking with your girlfriends, whatever you believe, that's what you really say. So what we have to do is change what we believe. And the way to do that is to get into the word of God. Romans chapter 10 verses 9 and 10 says that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made Into salvation. So we have got to confess what we believe. And when we begin to confess with our mouth what we believe, the Bible says then it is made into salvation. It is made into deliverance. It is made into something that benefits us in our lives. So we have to confess the Word of God in our lives. What does that mean to confess the Word of God? In our lives now we know what the negative version of confess you know if they say you did this 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 I confess that was me you do the same thing when you read the promises of God I confess that's me when you begin to read well my God will supply all my needs according to his riches and glory you begin to confess that is me now, see, I thought that somebody would get excited about it, but maybe you all don't believe that you can claim the promises of God. Somebody is saying, well, I think that those, pro- weren't those promises spoken to David, or weren't those promises spoken to somebody else? Turn in your Bible to Galatians chapter 3, verse 29. I got to give the, the media, they're so, they're so on it. It's already on the screen. It says, if you are Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. So if you are in Christ, then you are entitled to all of the promises. 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 20. For all the promises in God, in him are yes, and in him, amen, to the glory of God through us. So the Bible says that these promises of God belong to us. But we have got to believe and confess that they do. Hello, somebody. We have got to confess that, yes, that is me. And you change your confession by meditating on God's word. Psalm chapter 1, verse Uh, 2 and 3 talks about the man who meditates on God's law both day and night. Next verse says, He will be like a tree planted by the rivers of waters that, what? Brings forth fruit in its season, whose leaf will not wither, and whatever he does shall prosper. But see, what we've done is we've taken the enemy's version of meditation. Instead of meditating on God, his law, his promises, we meditate on our problems. How am I going to pay this bill? What's going to happen if I don't get this money? Oh, my goodness. I don't know what I'm going to do. So you're on your way to work, and you think about that bill. You get to work. You still think about that bill. You're trying to do your work so you can pay that bill. You drive home so you can pay that bill. You lay up in your bed trying to figure out how you're going to pay that bill. Am I the only one who's experienced that? So y'all know how to meditate. That's meditation. Day and night. Thinking about it. But instead of thinking about the problems, we have got to meditate and think about the promises of God. Instead of taking, tilling, nurturing, and watering what the enemy has given us, we have got to believe, hold fast, confess, decree, and declare what God has said. That's when we will be like a tree planted by rivers of water. That's when whatever we do will prosper because we are connected to God. You can't let those problems and stuff live in your heart. Your heart has been bought with a price. The blood of Jesus. God needs to live there. And there is no, our God is too big. He cannot share space with drama. He cannot share space with ex-lovers. He cannot share space with all kind of craziness thinking about all that stuff over and over and over again, if you want a different harvest, you've got to have a different seed. See, many times we have these hearts. And people, when we don't guard our heart, fill them with all kind of things. This heart has, like a noose, tied up, bound to sin, bound to addiction, bound to habits, bound to our past. This heart has a tape measuring, always measuring mistakes and seeing how much I've fallen away from God, how many times I've messed up. I mean, people give this to us, and a lot of times we put it in our own heart. This heart has a, a dum dumb Somebody called this person a dumb-dumb. Stupid. And they kept it. So when they go to school and the teacher's like, why aren't you getting this? Because I'm just dumb. It's in their hearts. This heart has a thermometer, sickness, all kind of sickness. The doctor said that they would be sick and so... They sick. This heart has all kind of drama, just drama. All kind of stuff in the heart. And this heart is not unlike ours. We let all kinds of stuff fill in our hearts, mess us up, and keep us from the life that God has planned for us. But I am so glad we serve a God who will create in us a clean heart and renew a right spirit within us. He said that he would take that old stony heart out of us and give us a new fleshy heart. he give us a heart that loves him, a heart to serve him, a heart to bless him, a heart to seek after him, a heart that chases hard after him, a heart that is renewed, a heart that is refreshed, a heart that is forgiven, a heart that loves, a heart that gives, a heart that is generous. The God that we serve will create in us a clean heart. But now when he gives you this new heart, he said, above all, guard your heart. Because everything you do comes out of it. So no matter what, you have got to guard this new heart. There's probably some people in here who want a new heart. Say, God, I... I let all kind of mess get in there. I've, and even though I might not have been doing a whole bunch of bad, I haven't been guarding and tending my heart like I should be. And so still weeds and all kind of stuff have popped up in my heart. There's some people in here who are crying out like David, creating me a clean heart. Renew a right spirit within me. Now, if you want a clean heart, God will give it to you. But you've got to fill it. Now, you don't have to fill it particularly with these things. But the, there's a microphone in here so you can declare the word of the Lord. When problems come, you don't have to trip about it, think about it all day. You can begin to declare. Decree the promises of God. You're filling your heart. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my strength. A very present help in the time of sorrow. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so, whom he has redeemed from the hand of the enemy. Yeah, we, we we've gotta we've gotta we've gotta do that. And this heart is filled with all kind of scriptures. So that when any time somebody tries to come and put something in your heart, you can combat it. The Bible talks about the armor of the Lord. Talks about the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Talks about the shield of faith. All of those things that you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the enemy. So then you, you've got to put in your heart, therefore... If the sun makes you free, you will be free indeed. So before you had chains and ropes, but now you're free. And you've got to continue to tell yourself that. I am free. The son has made me free. I am free indeed. For this reason was Jesus manifest that he could destroy the the, the works of the devil. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but are mighty in God for pulling down strongholds. This is the fast that he has chosen, that he would loose Every yoke that he would loose the bands of wickedness and break every yoke and let the oppressed go free. The spirit of the Lord is upon me and he has anointed me to proclaim liberty to the captives. Gotta fill your heart with it. Gotta fill your heart with it. There's an eraser in here. It says for big my sake. Uh, 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 You, somebody else may try to hand you a tape measure to measure your mistakes. You take the blood of Jesus and say that he can wash. What can wash away my sins? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Got to guard your heart. Got to guard your heart. There's some, if they give you dum-dums, you give them smarties. Bible says if any of you lack wisdom, let them ask of God. And he will give to him generously without reproach. It will be given unto him. People are going to try to give you all kinds of stuff. You've got to be ready and you've got to sow these seeds. They want to give you sickness. Tell them Jesus is my prescription. There is a bomb in Gilead. The prayer of faith will save the sick. And if there be any sins, they will be forgiven him. I am healed by the stripes of Jesus Christ. They want to give you drama. Tell them I've got the joy of the Lord. You can keep your drama. I have got the joy of the Lord. The joy of the Lord will be my strength. You gotta fill your heart with new things. Gotta guard your heart. Come to church, feel all good, emptied out all that drama and all that stuff. Heart is clean. Swept out, don't let the devil find it empty. Thy word have I hid in my heart, that I might not sin against thee. God is calling us to sow the word. God is calling us to confess the word. God is calling us to speak the word. Meditate on it. Think about it. I got it in my closet, I got it in my car, I got it on, 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 on my desk. I have it everywhere. I know people who have it in all kind of crazy places. And you make need to go to them crazy places and tape up some scriptures too. So that when weeds try to come up, you've got word. Some of you need to tape scriptures on your iPod. Hello, somebody. Some of you need to tape scriptures on your computer. Tape scriptures on your TV and your remote control. Some of you need to tape scriptures on your credit card, your checkbook. Tape scriptures on your hands. Tape scriptures on your steering wheel. Lord, don't let this car take me anywhere my feet don't need to go. Tape scriptures. Because we want a different harvest, right? So we need a different seed. We want a different harvest. We've got to have a different seed as the musicians begin to play. The Bible has called us. God has called us to live blessed, Victorious lies. Many of you who have talked to me, I'm like, oh, I'm going to have to get you some confessions for that. Oh, I'm going to have to get you some confessions for that. For those of you who were able to make it to my graduation party, I I, I gave you confessions. I said, this is what got me through. This is what helped me get my degree. Because when I got to a problem I couldn't solve, When the statistics weren't adding up or I didn't understand the research, I didn't open another textbook. I went into my prayer closet, and I began to quote scriptures, and I began to call on Jesus. And then wisdom would come. Then knowledge would come. I began to confess the word of God. Now, I had a couple extras, so I brought them with me. Some of y'all need some confessions I got them in the basket see me after service because we've got to get the word out of the basket out of the Bible out of our purses out of our glove compartments off of our shelves and into our heart when I began preparing for this message and I realized how much I fed my flesh and how much I fed my spirit just by sheer time. So if I'm washing the dishes, if I'm if I'm cooking whatever, I got the word on. I gotta get it. If I'm driving in my car, I gotta I gotta offset the balance. When I sleep, I got the word playing. I need to offset the balance. I want to go overboard. You know, we I mean a lot of times we got the radio on anyway, playing stuff anyway. Why not offset it on your spirit? instead of your flesh starve your flesh you'll be all right if you miss your shows I'm preaching now you'll be all right if you get a new song to sing you'll be all right if you make a covenant with your eyes not to put any vile thing before them God is calling us to be drastic about our hearts. He said, above all, above everything else, guard your heart. There's some people in here who have not given Christ their heart. And like a lot of the rest of us, we had our hearts and we didn't do too good of a job. And your heart is looking a lot like my yard. I mean, maybe you didn't mean to, and it's not that you were doing a whole bunch of crazy, crazy stuff, but you know you weren't doing the right things, you were, the good things to tend to your spirit. And so you want to change that. You want to accept Jesus As your Lord and Savior, you want to give him your heart. And you want him to fill you with power from on high. You want to give him your heart. And you want him to guide your footsteps. You want to give God your heart. If that is your desire, I want you to get out of your seat and join me down front. Holy Spirit. Message of love to In the overflow, I want you to just come out of those doors and come. I want you to be a part of this prayer. Speak to my heart. go before God in prayer there are still a few people in the overflow we're waiting for you to make your way over here there are still others who need to give God give him your heart Imagine your new life with Christ. Imagine the peace that you will have. Imagine the power that you will have. Imagine not staying up, crying over the guilt, but knowing and enjoying the freedom and forgiveness only found through Jesus Christ. Imagine your life with Christ. God is calling you. God is calling you. He wants your heart. He said, today, if you hear my voice, don't harden your heart. There's somebody else in here. God is calling you. God is calling you you. He wants to give you a clean heart. He wants to wash away all the mess of your past and allow you a new start. If anyone is in Christ, they are a new creature. All things are passed away and behold, all things become new. God is calling you. God is calling you. Speak to my heart. Your holy word, if I can you, then I'll know what to do. I won't go alone. I'll never go on my own. Just let your spirit guide and let your word abide. can hear from you then I'll know what to do I won't go alone. God is calling. I'll never go on my own Just let your spirit guide and let your word abide Our gracious Heavenly Father, Lord we bless you in this place Heavenly Father you see Each person who has come down today, we are giving you our hearts. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, we ask that you would move mightily on each person. Father, we pray that you would forgive them. You said that if we would confess our sins, that you are faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us of all unrighteousness. Even as we stand here, God, We're confessing our sins to you right now. Lord, I ask that you would forgive us, that you would wash us, purge us with hyssop. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray that you would give them ears that they would hear what the Spirit is saying. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray that you would open up the eyes of their heart, oh God, that they may know the hope and the calling for which you have called them. Open up their eyes and allow them to see a whole new world. Father, I pray that you would give them power. I pray that you would place within them a desire for you. You said in your word that if we hunger and thirst after righteousness, we shall be filled. Fill us, O God, with your righteousness. Fill us, O God, with your power. Fill us, O God, with your love. Fill us, O oh God, with your grace. Fill us, O oh God, with your mercy. Fill us, O oh God, with your kindness. Fill us, O oh God, with your power. Fill us with your anointing. And allow us to live new kingdom lives. Father, you said, You who began a good work will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. You're beginning something wonderful in each person who's down here. Lord, I pray that you would do it every day of their lives until Jesus comes. Do something miraculous and allow us to experience you day by day. Help us to starve our flesh and grow in the spirit. And Father, we promise that when all is said and done, we'll give you all the praise, honor, and glory In the name of Jesus, we pray, amen and amen. Somebody give the Lord a praise.